MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. Today, the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia says the evidence in the insurrection investigation is trending toward sedition charges. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey lied about border arrests. Biden's economic advisors are working on a $3 trillion infrastructure bill. And Rep. Tom Reed will not seek re-election over sexual misconduct claims. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We have breaking news uh, happening as we're recording this. There is an active shooter in Boulder, Colorado at a supermarket. Uh, The law enforcement is on the scene. ATF is on the scene. I think that they have apprehended the the shooter. Um, This is just happening now. Uh, And as the details unfold, we're going to report on this in more detail tomorrow. I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention, as I'm sure you've already heard. So... Thank you for that, AG. Um, I know a little bit of a solemn way to start the podcast, but we do like to cover the things as they are happening, whether they are good or bad. So I just bear with us and we'll 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 keep the good mixed in with it. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot of show today um, with a lot of different headlines here. I'll be speaking later in the show with uh, former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotti about the sedition charges, potential sedition charges that for some reason, the former DC US attorney went on TV and told everybody about. (laughs) So um, I don't think he should have done that. And then it's Tuesday. So that means you can hear uh, Andrew and me on the stereo app tonight at 5pm Pacific 8 Eastern, we'll be answering all your legal questions. Uh, Specifically, something interesting that came up just moments ago that we're also going to cover tomorrow uh, about uh, Sidney Powell and her response to the Dominion voting machines lawsuit where she basically said, (laughs) hey, no reasonable person could expect that those things that I said about Dominion and Venezuela could be true. So you can't sue me for defamation. Um, So she... (laughs) Um, that might work for like Fox News, but I don't know if it works for lawyers. I don't think that you can put uh, lies that only unreasonable people would believe in court filings. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I think that that would have been in court and what I call an objection because you cannot <laughs> uh, decide what someone's feeling or thinking. Yeah. Rules of Procedure 9B. So, yeah. Indeed. You can't do that. And and Andrew and I, Andrew Torres and I are going to go over that in depth on Clean Up on Aisle 45 tomorrow morning. That's a new podcast you can check out. You can search for it by uh, just searching for the word clean up, all one word. And guess what? We're going to be talking with Andrew Weissman, former top prosecutor from the Mueller investigation, about these sedition charges and what the U- U.S. Uh, D.C. attorney had to say, former D.C. attorney Sherwin had to say. So definitely want to tune in for that. That. We have a lot of headlines to get to today, so let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, lead story today, as I said, comes from 60 Minutes uh, and an interview on that show with the outgoing U.S. attorney in D.C., Mike Sherwin, who said evidence in the government, uh, evidence that the government obtained in the investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol most likely meets the bar necessary to charge some of the suspects with sedition. The last time federal prosecutors brought sedition charges uh, was in 2010 when they accused members of a Michigan militia of plotting to provoke an armed conflict with the government. They were ultimately acquitted, and the judge in the case said the Justice Department had not adequately proved that the defendants had entered a concrete agreement to forcibly oppose the United States government. The statute on seditious conspiracy also says that people who conspire to oppose by force the authority of government or use force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States can be charged with sedition. And I think that's probably what they'll go with here, the delay or execution of any law of the United States, the law being the, you know, the uh, certifying of the election results in Congress. The government has charged some defendants with conspiring to derail the final certification of Biden's electoral victory. From the start, Sherwin oversaw the investigation as the acting U.S. attorney in Washington, a role that he ceded to a new interim leader in early March. He stepped down from leading the investigation on Friday and returned to Miami, where he had been a line prosecutor. And of course, in true New York Times style, they bury the lead. 
Uh, Sherwin reiterated assertions he made shortly after the attack that prosecutors were examining the conduct of the former guy who had told his supporters to attend the rally on January 6th and egg them on with baseless claims that he'd won the election. And here's what Sherwin said. He said, quote, it's unequivocal that Trump was the magnet that brought the people to D.C. on the 6th. Now, the question is, is he criminally culpable for everything that happened during the siege and during the breach? Uh, He added, uh, we have people looking at everything. So there could, you know, they're looking at charges against the former guy. Yeah. We'll be speaking We'll be speaking later with Renato Mariotti about those sedition charges, what sedition is, how it works, what it looks like, et cetera. I'm actually looking very much forward to listening to that so I can learn a couple of things as well, wow. which is what this podcast does for mm. me. <laughs> um, all right. This next one, uh, this is... I can't. Okay. (laughs) Ahead of his visit to... I mean, seriously, AG. Okay. Ahead of his visit to the border, intended to draw attention to what he called a security problem of increasing immigration, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, his office issued a news release Thursday touting drug bus supposedly and I emphasize that word, made by its border strike force. However, each of the highlighted seizures appeared to have been made through the solid and routine work of the troopers, the troopers patrolling the state's highways, and none took place near the border. One of the highlighted busts actually occurred in Phoenix, Arizona. And I don't know if you've ever been to Arizona, or if you've ever been to Phoenix, but I can assure you I have. And it's not on a border. No. Hours away. Hours away. Another was actually near Tucson, and the third occurred near Littlefield, which is a small community northwest of the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, by the way, is at the very northerny, northernmost tip of Arizona. It is literally like nine hours to the... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is a very long drug bust, and they let them get really far in, if that's the case. Um, it is so isolated that one would have to leave the state, actually. And, and, and for this one by the Grand Canyon, like you just said, someone would have to leave the state um, and, and then circle back to reach it. That, I mean, that's what would have to happen in this situation. So when the DPS issued contemporaneous news releases about the three seizures Ducey highlighted, which took place as far back as January 2020, It did not credit the border strike force, uh, which is what he was trying to do. The governor's office did not, shockingly, immediately respond to an emailed question about how the three stops constituted border strike force activities. Um, I would imagine because there's no viable answer to that question. Yeah, and border strike force, really? Do we have to call it that? Yeah, of course we do, like Space Force. Maybe if something happened in space, they'd call it the space strike force. The elite strike force. Maybe if there was a drug bust at the border of space. Ah, yes. <laughs> to universes. The atmosphere. It would be the border. It would be exactly. Yeah, because you can burn those drugs up and smoke them in, in the heat of reentry. I feel like I need to get high after hearing that story. <laughs> and I don't even get high. You're coming in in the <laughs> capsule. You're in the entering the re-entry everything's on fire you just stick the pipe out the window that's it or stick the doobie stick the joint out the window to light it uh in the yeah that, that'll work it's, it's totally safe <laughs> uh, air, air, air space force strike force <laughs> who needs a giant spoon when we have satellites Allison? i know and you know we could build these kinds of things maybe we would need a space wall we could do it with this new infrastructure bill i'm just Indeed. saying and this is a big one yes. president biden's economic advisors now are preparing to recommend spending as much as three trillion dollars on a sweeping set of efforts aimed at boosting the economy reducing carbon emissions and narrowing economic inequality, beginning with a giant infrastructure plan that may be financed in part through tax increases on corporations and the rich, which means it's qual- it qualifies for budget reconciliation. After months of internal debate, Biden's advisors are expected to present a proposal to the president this week that recommends carving his economic agenda into separate legislative pieces rather than trying to push a mammoth package through Congress. That's according to people familiar with the plans and the documents obtained by The New York Times. A total new spending in the plans would likely be $3 trillion. Uh, That figure does not include the cost of extending new temporary tax cuts meant to fight poverty, which could reach hundreds of billions of dollars, according to the estimates prepared by administration officials. Officials have not yet determined the exact breakdown in costs between the two packages. It would spend heavily on infrastructure improvements, clean energy deployment, and the development of other high-growth industries like 5G, stuff like that. And it includes money for rural broadband, advancing training for millions of workers, and 1 million affordable and energy-efficient housing units, 
Documents suggest it would include nearly a trillion dollars in spending alone on the construction of roads, bridges, rail lines, ports, electric vehicle charging stations, and improvements to the electrical grid and other parts of the power sector. Uh, Whether it can muster Republican support will depend in large part on how the bill is paid for. I'm going to give you a hint. It's not going to muster any Republican support. Zero. (laughs) Officials have discussed offsetting some or all the infrastructure spending by raising taxes on corporations, including increasing uh, corporate income tax. The rate currently at 21 percent, which is bullshit, and a variety. I pay 35 percent, but uh, super rich billionaires, 21 percent. Okay, And a variety of measures to force multinational corporations to pay more more tax in the United States on income they earn abroad. That strategy is unlikely to garner Republican votes, uh, says the Times. The plan would also make permanent two temporary provisions of Mr. Biden's relief bill, the one that we just passed, the American Rescue Plan. It would expand subsidies for low and middle middle income Americans to buy health insurance, make that permanent, and tax credits aimed at cutting poverty, particularly for children. That other thing, that that's the thing we need to make permanent to lift half of children out of poverty. Mm-hmm. Mitch already hates all of this, and Biden could again attempt to use that same budget reconciliation process to pass the bill on party lines, but moderate Democrats in the Senate have insisted that the president engage with Republicans on the next wave of economic legislation and that the new spending be offset by tax increases. Uh, now, the thing is, is if we split this into multiple bills, we only get for fiscal for you know fiscal year 2021 uh one shot at infrastructure one more in uh budget reconciliation bill and then for fiscal year 2022 which starts this october we have another budget reconciliation bill we do if we if we split this into two and did both of those and we had to use budget reconciliation we would not be able to pass another budget reconciliation bill until fiscal year 2023 uh which is a year and a half from now so and it, it, that would be after the 2022 right midterm elections so that would eat up both of those budget reconciliation bills although i don't know that there's any other uh kind of you know bills that qualify for budget reconciliation as as the rules are written now right that that they want to pass so they may use them both for that and we're gonna see i mean it the fact that we've got a couple of um, moderate uh, if centric democrats that are want uh, biden to make sure they work with republicans on this next infrastructure bill is quite frustrating yeah and 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 please don't get too excited you are going to see mansion and cinema say nope we don't want high-speed rail nope we want to spend less money nope we don't want to put that much into solar nope we don't want to put that it'll they'll wash the bill down yeah uh they will uh it, it, it won't be as washed down as if we had to get 10 republican votes but it'll be washed. It'll be watered down. Yeah. And like you say, we, we don't want to throw out everything. What's that famous saying that you love to use? Oh, don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, speaking of the imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> good segue. Thank you so much. Segue of the day. Thank you, Rep. Tom Reed, uh, the Republican in New York. What is wrong with these people? And when I say people, and I know hashtag not all men, but Jesus H. Christ. Tom Reed said on Sunday that he won't run for any elected office in 2022 in a statement in which he also apologized to a former lobbyist who accused him of sexual misconduct several years ago. Reed's statement comes from um, comes after Nicolette Davis, a former lobbyist who is now an Army second lieutenant, told The Washington Post in a story published Friday that Reed had sexually harassed her four years ago. So Davis... Yeah. And she's a lot. She was a lobbyist at the time, so I guess Tom Reed was taking the phrase "getting in bed with Washington oh, lobbyists" oh. a little too literally. Well done, well done. Okay, all right. So Davis, who <laughs> alleged that Reed rubbed her back and thigh and unhooked her bra, oh God, it just gives me a gag reflex. Um, at an Irish bar in Minnesota, while she was working as a lobbyist for an insurance company, this is according to the Post. Reed said the incident occurred during a time in which he struggled with alcohol and that he has been in recovery for four years. <sighs> Namaste. It makes me furious that these guys, oh, the excuses. Okay, this is no way, and he says, of course, he says in, in this, this is his quote, this is no way is an excuse for anything I've done. Actually, you just did. You used al- alcohol as an excuse. Uh, he said, consistent with my recovery, I publicly take ownership of my past actions, offer this amend, and humbly apologize again to Miss Davis, my wife and my kids, loved ones, and to all of you. 
I understand there's two sides of this, AG, and we have to give people room to grow. I'm just really tired of these stories. Um, he also apologized to his wife and kids, family, colleagues, and constituents in his congressional district in the statement. So, I know. Unhooked her bra in an Irish pub in Minnesota. So there you are, having cheese curds. Yeah, and then boom. Could you imagine? God, the fear. I just... You know, I, I, every, I think most women listening to this have had some sort of experience where they felt unsafe, and it just infuriates me. Get your shit together, GOP. All right. <clears throat> we'll be right back with former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotti. We're going to discuss the potential sedition charges being considered in the insurrection investigation. So stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans, and today's episode is brought to you by American Giant. American Giant is my new favorite clothing company because they believe in quality over quantity. They make beautiful clothes right here in the United States that are designed to last. Personally, I believe clothes should be wearable for years so you don't have to buy more than you need because 60% of the clothes we end up buying end up in landfills within a year of being made because big apparel companies cut corners and make clothing as quickly as possible, making it really disposable. So these mega corporations churning out cheap clothing to prioritize profits leave working people behind and hollow out communities and end up filling our landfills. If we had clothing we'd just wear 50 more times, we'd reduce our CO2 emissions by 400%. So American Giant makes clothing that's durable and beautiful and not poorly made and disposable. I recently got their Women's American Midweight Crew Sweater. The color is called Burnt Pepper. It's soft and luxurious. It's my new favorite. I wear it all the time. And I feel good supporting local communities and buying amazing high-quality clothes made here. Back in the 60s, 95% of our clothing was made here in the United States, and now it's just 3% today. And choosing American Giant means supporting a supply chain that's 100% based in the United States and taking a stand for conscious consumerism, hardworking people, local communities, and quality clothes made to last. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are speaking today to former federal prosecutor and host of the On Topic podcast, Renato Mariotti. Renato, welcome. Hey, great to be here. Yeah, it's good to speak to you. It's been a while, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. Uh, always a pleasure. That's for sure. Same, samesies. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is a story that I went over in more detail at the top of the show. But uh, Mike Sherwin, who is now the former, as of Friday, the former D.C. U.S. attorney, and we all are familiar with Sherwin and his antics with <laughs> some of the, the Mueller, Mueller probe stuff. Uh, but he went on 60 Minutes and, ta- and said that uh, they are now looking at sedition charges. And he, he mentioned Trump as well. Uh, but, you know, didn't say whether they were leaning toward or against any charges of, the, of those nature, but that they weren't ruling. Everything's being looked at, he said. So I wanted to ask you uh, briefly, I know it's a rare charge, but can you tell us about a sedition charge, what that is? So sedition is a sort of a general term that people use for pe- for essentially trying to overthrow or go against the government of the United States. There's actually a specific statute, uh, 18 United States Code, Section 2384, that makes it a crime to conspire to overthrow or wage war against the government of the United States. Now, it's very rarely charged, and it it, it, it was written a while ago, so it actually has broad language, and you actually could be charged with uh, that seditious conspiracy if you conspire to, for example, uh, prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of the laws of the United States, or to conspire to by force to seize, take, or possess any property of the United States. So I could see potentially that charge being used you know, against people who were occupying the Capitol, uh, against people who, for example, were trying to prevent the uh, counting of the electoral votes and the certification of the electoral votes. So, you know, there is, I think, a possible charge there. And, of course, it's the sort of thing that it's a sexier charge uh, than entering uh, property in the United States with the intent to impede the, uh, you know, the operations of the U.S. government, which is what a lot of people have been charged with. And now with regards to Trump himself, uh, because, he, you know, he did encourage people to stop 
this deal to stop the counting of the electoral ballots, which would fall under the statute, but they have to conspire to do that. Is telling people to do that a conspiracy, or do you actually have to have some emails or communications encouraging it, or or does a speech do it? I mean, you say it, it's pretty broad, and I had a feeling that Mike Sherwin was saying that it could be applied here. So it's a great question. So in terms of conspiracy, there has to be some meeting of a mind, of the mind. So people have to actually agree to do something. So here there certainly was a conspiracy amongst all of these radicals that were attacking the United States Capitol. No question about it. So then the question is, did Trump join that conspiracy? Did he aid or bet that conspiracy? Or, you know, or for example, was he the one essentially, you know, pushing the conspiracy to act in some way. So in other words, for example, um, aiding and abetting means that I know about your criminal activity and I try to help make it succeed in some concrete way. So it wouldn't just be that he was like cheering them on, but actually that Trump did something affirmative to help them. So that would be aiding and abetting. And that's possible that that happened. We don't know all the facts yet about what exactly he was doing that day and the days leading up to that. And then also, you are also responsible if you cause someone else to do something. In other words, if I direct you to do something, to commit a crime, and you commit a crime at my direction. So you could try to you know, argue that these people were, arguing, were essentially committing the crime at his command. And when I watched that 60 Minutes interview, that seemed to be the theory that he was puzzling through in his head. It's clear he hadn't thought it through completely, but he was thinking about whether or not that was possible. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of ways to aid in a bet, right? We've seen public reporting that $3.5 million had come from the Trump campaign to fund the Stop the Steal rallies. Um, so perhaps funding could be a way to aid and abet. And then, of course, we know that four p- leaders of the Proud Boys group uh, have been charged, have had superseding indictments uh, against them for conspiracy. So there's your conspiring, right? But you would have to, I guess, prove a link between these four leaders and then maybe an intermediary because, again, we have public reporting that someone from the Proud Boys was in contact with the White House or someone at the White House. But I'm assuming you'd have to have some sort of smoking gun document or phone call or message or connection to do that? Yeah, or the testimony of somebody who's close to Trump, which I don't think would would happen. But I will say another possibility, uh, AG, is, you know, what what about potentially having lessened security or things like that. I mean, we've heard some reports about, you know, why wasn't there more security in the wake of this attack? We just don't know all the facts, but it's certainly possible that Trump was directing uh, folks not to have additional security around the Capitol on that day. We just don't know enough. Right. Or those calls, that call to Tuberville, um, you know, in an effort from Giuliani, at least, to delay. But we know Giuliani wouldn't testify against Trump. <laughs> He's, he can't pardon him anymore, though. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's all just, there's so many public stories that I think come together with these sedition and conspiracy charges that, and you're, that we, like you said, just don't know enough about yet at this time. But now that Mike Sherwin is gone, Friday was his last day. And, you know, I know that uh, Biden is working on putting new as new U.S. attorneys in place as we speak, but um, or, you know, the state representatives are or the state delegates or state uh, senators are uh, making those recommendations and having those interviews. But uh, why on earth is the D.C. U.S. attorney going out on public television and talking openly about an ongoing investigation? I don't understand that. Yeah, I've got to say, I thought that was to put a kindly, highly questionable decision by him. Uh, prosecutors are not supposed to, when there's an ongoing investigation, talk about the case. And then former DOJ, and, and he's no longer a prosecutor, he's no longer with DOJ. Um, but I, you know, you are not supposed to, when you leave DOJ, to, to leave and then talk about the internal deliberations uh, occurring within DOJ. I thought it was you know, highly questionable at best, potentially unethical on his part. Uh, and, you know, it, whether this guy just wants attention or he's trying to push DOJ, in other words, the, the new administration to do something, I don't know. But I thought it was bizarre and highly questionable. You can, you can imagine the defense trying to make something of this that, you know, you have these statements that are being made that could potentially prejudice a jury pool, 
just something I don't think anyone on the prosecution side would want to have happen. Yeah, kind of makes me question the motive, since I do not trust Mike Sherwin any further than I could throw him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we do have public reports now from the Washington Post of Trump allies trying to subvert and undermine Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. And, and I, you know, I didn't see this as a specific part of it, but I, I have to question everybody's motives, particularly those that were put in place to reduce the sentence of, of Roger Stone or get Michael Flynn off the hook. <laughs> uh, so it's just, it's very, uh, mm, it's, it seems very touchy to me, and I, we'll have to see what comes out of that. Although, uh, Representative uh, Maloney, or... Uh, uh, is it she representative or a senator? She's a representative, Carolyn Maloney. Representative. Okay, yeah. Representative Maloney and a few others are now putting forth a beer, a bill, a beer. They're putting forth a beer because they want to have Kavanaugh come over. <laughs> no. They're they're putting forth a bill uh, to give inspectors general subpoena power for former government officials. Currently, you can only subpoena current government officials. And and they did that in response to Jeff Sessions avoiding answering questions of investigators, the inspector general about child separation at the border. But I mean, something like this, if that bill were to go through, could have an impact, although I don't think Republicans would vote for it, uh, <laughs> could have an impact on uh, on something like that. So, you know, we'll see how it goes, and it, especially with uh, Department of Justice Inspector General Horowitz still in place. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think that there's a lot of investigating yet to do about what happened at the Justice Department under Barr's watch, under the Sessions watch as well. Uh, and I will just say that I hope that the full story of some of these episodes that we followed over the past few years are going to be unveiled in the months to come. Yeah, months and years, I have a feeling. Uh, all right, I have uh, another question about some uh, possible plea deals coming down the pike in the insurrection, but I have to take a quick break. Would you mind sticking around? Of course. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of the pod is brought to you by Stamps.com. I do not know about you guys, but there are so many fun things I would do if I had extra time and money, and going to the post office is not one of those things. And that's why I recommend using Stamps.com. Save your precious time and money. Mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com is a breeze. It allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer, from your home, so you can send letters, ship packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates. Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money because you get the services of the post office and UPS all in one place, and big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. I love the service. Using Stamps.com has been very easy, very user-friendly, a very efficient experience. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, even if you're a small business sending out invoices or a giant warehouse sending out thousands of packages every day. Stamps.com can handle it all. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. And once your mail's ready, you just schedule a pickup or you drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It saves you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code DAILYBEANS, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, plus a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts to sign. Just go to Stamps.com, click on that microphone at the top of the homepage that you see there, and type in Daily Beans, all one word. That's Stamps.com, promo code DAILYBEANS. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Everybody, we're talking to Renato Mariotti, host of the On Topic podcast, former federal prosecutor, and uh, we're talking about sedition, insurrection, all kinds of uh, different uh, legal terms of <laughs> art being uh, discussed in, in, in the public sphere with regards to the January 6th siege of the Capitol or attempted siege of the Capitol. And I wanted to ask you, new story out from the Washington Post just dropped today. Uh, that prosecutors are preparing to start plea discussions as early as this week with many of the more than 300 suspects charged in the U.S. Capitol riot. And the planned plea talks follow efforts by the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, who we were just talking about, to first create a system for efficiency organizing what they expect will be upward of 400 criminal cases. Now, as far as plea deals go, this seems... Uh, I'm, I'm not used to it going this way. I'm not used to seeing charges being rendered and then going back to discuss plea deals. Is that something that, that does happen? And then maybe they take charges away that have already been filed? Yeah, that does happen. So in other words, uh, for example, let's say you're charged with five different crimes. The government can say, look, plead to one of them and we'll drop the rest. That happens all the time because the judge at sentencing can consider all the facts and circumstances of the case, including the charges that got dropped. So that's certainly possible. 
Another thing that can happen is, for example, the government can have negotiations and, you know, try to get people to cooperate. In other words, you know, this, these are the type of cases where you could tell they were charging people, but it's not necessarily the case that, you know, they have, you know, gone far enough down the road. These aren't long-term investigations because the, the, the statutes uh, at issue are so straightforward, right? You were there in the Capitol. We'll just put an exhibit sticker on your forehead. Uh, you know, you look like the guy in the photo. Um, so it's very possible that they could now have a better sense of who's going to trial or what cases they might want some more evidence on. So they might be able to give people an incentive to flip, for example. Mm, right. And and specifically, I wanted to ask you about these four Proud Boys leaders who have now been supersedingly charged, is that, if that's a phrase, <laughs> uh, with with uh, conspiracy, uh, because, you know, they led um, their, their leaders in this in the insurrection. And I, I know that at one point they were trying to revoke the bail or to to you know, remand somebody in custody and, and the court was like, no, we're going to let him off on a $25,000 bail. And they're like, well, we have more stuff. We just can't tell you what it is right now. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes out, we find that they get these superseding charges and they didn't want to tell the court that yet because they didn't want to spook uh, Biggs, I think, was one of the other ones. They hadn't they hadn't arrested two of those Proud Boys yet, and they didn't want to tip them off that they were going to be charged with conspiracy. So they waited and then asked again for remand, which I think we're still waiting for the decision on that. But that, that kind of conspiracy charge, I would imagine now, I, I don't know, though, that they've actually, because they just picked up those two, you know, maybe they go now and ask them, say, hey, we got you on conspiracy. We will drop that charge if you cooperate and flip on say roger stone or you we give you queen for a day or whatever that whatever that deal may be is that and, and of course all of that is you know assumptions but i mean is that kind, the kind of thing that you're talking about here is that how that would work yeah you, you'll essentially go you know you might go to somebody in that case and decide okay you know this is the person we think is least culpable let's approach him first and see if he'll flip on everyone else uh, first and foremost, to make sure you get your conspiracy charges proven, make sure that you, for example, can avoid a trial, right? If, In other words, the evidence may be good enough where they think they can win a trial, but having one of them flip could just you know, generate pleas, quick pleas from everyone else, save you a lot of resources. So prosecutors might do that just because conspiracy charges can be more challenging to prove than just like proving that somebody entered the Capitol and, and that sort of thing. And so I could see them doing that. And then as part of your cooperation, you have to say everything you know about everyone. You have to be willing to cooperate against everyone. And so they could see what they have. And, and sometimes it's the case that multiple of these people want to flip uh, and the government can hear what everyone has to say and decide how much credit to give to whom and who, you know, whose cooperation they want. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I think if we're looking out and we see that maybe some of these charges are rescinded, we can maybe perhaps assume that they are cooperating. Uh, we just wouldn't know uh, about whom they are cooperating. Uh, I mean, I I I'm pretty sure it's Roger Stone, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how we'll see how it all shakes out. I mean, he's got so many connections with all of them, but uh, yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting to watch to see how any of these plea agreements, if they're made public, they may be filed under seal. Right? You can do that too, right? Absolutely, and you know, particularly if it's a cooperation deal, that might happen just to keep the cooperation secret for a period of time. Right, because you may not have picked up the person that they're cooperating with you, or I mean, and it's not. There's never like one single goal in mind. Uh, I mean, usually you could probably go in with an idea, but anyone could be rolled up in any kind of a proffer agreement that, that you might not know about. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people even know about unrelated crimes uh, that aren't related. So say to January, uh, to January, uh, you know, and what happened uh, at the Capitol could be some totally unrelated scheme or issue and, it, you know, somebody else related to the Proud Boys or something else. And there'll be a whole other set of charges coming off of it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Also interesting to see if they do anything with RICO uh, with regards. And that may, maybe that's something they have in their pocket that they're willing to deal as well. We just don't know those details. And we'll have to stick around and find out. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to follow this very closely. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. I think it's Merrick Garland's top priority at this point. I sure hope he, I sure hope he appoints a special counsel 
because I think that the the insurrection commission talks are breaking down because the Republicans are requiring that we investigate the Black Lives Matter protests as well. Uh, and so then Pelosi was like, well, we'll just have Congress do the investigation. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, pulling my hair out. So hopefully maybe we'll see a special counsel appointed. That would be pretty cool. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on it and we'll have you back when when any more news drops. And I appreciate your time. Everybody follow Ronaldo Mariotti on Twitter and also check out the On Topic podcast if you get a chance. Really, really brilliant podcast. I appreciate your time today. Oh, absolutely. Happy to be here. All right, everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Truebill. 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. I am one of them. Are you one of them? Most people think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but they actually spend closer to $200 a month. And subscriptions add up, and sometimes we don't notice the monthly deductions from our bank accounts. Thankfully, there's Truebill. This is an easy-to-use app. It's the smartest way to take control of your finances and save money. Truebill has a variety of tools to help customers improve their finances, allowing you to review your recurring charges in one place and cancel subscriptions directly directly through the app. It's so easy. They help you create a monthly budget and expense report if you want. You can track and evaluate savings goals, get push notifications when you're getting close to going over your budget. With Truebill, you can easily identify fraudulent activity too, and you'll receive full credit reports with explanations of current situations and suggestions for improvement. You even get automated savings where you choose uh, how much to put away weekly, which I love. And Truebill works with many of the nation's top providers to negotiate and lower your bills, including AT&T, T-Mobile, and Spectrum. With bank-level security, Truebill helps you feel good about your finances. Truebill has over 1 million users and has saved more than $50 million for those users. Read their rave reviews at Truebill.com. The average person saves $720 a year with Truebill. Get started today at Truebill.com slash beans. Take control of your finances and start saving. That's Truebill.com slash beans. Again, Truebill.com slash beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. All right, we have some interesting good news today. I'm really excited about this, Dana. Because you have a little bit of what in the good news section for us? I got a little bit of schadenfreude in the good news. So we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. And I added a story that you don't even know about, and you're going to be so surprised, and it's so fun. You are, because I haven't read the good news yet. (laughs) All right, so here's some good news. Um, Off the top, 72,000 people will have their federal loans fully canceled after the Education Secretary Miguel Cardona on Thursday scrapped a plan to give partial debt relief to students defrauded by their colleges. That's ending a controversial policy instituted by Betsy DeVos. That's phenomenal. Mm-mm. Yes. Now we just need to get everyone else's student debt canceled. <laughs> we'll be good Agreed. to go. Agreed. Agreed. It's a good start. It is a good start. All right. More good news. Democratic National Committee said it raised the most money it ever has, ever, in February in a non-presidential election year, $8.5 million, according to a DNC spokesperson. Fantastic. February Hall was also the second highest the DNC has ever seen, period, according to the spokesperson. Combined with January's numbers, they have raised $18.4 million. All right, let's get $18 million of that in uh, Stacey Abrams' hands, and you do what you want with the other $4.4 4 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. We need, we need Stacey Abrams's in every state. That's we really we do. We do. Well... All right, now it's time. Oh my God, I love this story. I know this story. I know, it's time for a little bit of Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude! Okay, a wax museum in San Antonio, Texas was forced to remove its statue of former President Donald Trump because visitors kept punching punching it in in the the face. face. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't want to get a little wax on their knuckles? And listen, I don't support violence, but if you're punching a wax figure, really is it violence? Hey. Right. And that kind of makes me think Madame Tussaud should supply a ton of these to put into businesses around the country where you can go in and pay a dollar and punch Donald Trump in the face. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just thinking about this. We, I know a lot of people have taken a bat to a pinata that is shaped like either a person or an animal or, I don't know, a thing of Corona. You know, if you're going to be able to hit pinata of donald trump with a bat i think it's safer to punch a wax figure in the face with your hand yeah just put i this is a business idea you can put a a trump figure you could put martin scarelli that guy milo yannanopoulos richard spencer raise money uh, oh my god and pay jordan ten dollars ten dollars it goes to charity (laughs) it would just be like a -a punch-a-thon yeah but you wouldn't be hurting anybody except probably yourself i think it might actually hurt to punch a wax figure in the face (laughs) 
You can bring brass knuckles. There you go. <laughs> we'll 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 furnish them. Perfect. Dude, I'm telling you, it's a million dollar business idea. Uh, all right, here's another piece of Schadenfreude. This is the one you don't know about. Oh. A police detective has filed for divorce from his wife after she was photographed with another man during the Capitol riot. <laughs> what? Jennifer Jennifer Heinel, the wife of Detective Michael Heinel of Pennsylvania's Shaler Township Police Department and part of the FBI Pittsburgh Office's Violent Crimes Task Force, is accused of taking part in the insurrection. And uh, there was a picture of her with another dude at the insurrection, and her detective husband has filed for divorce. <laughs> After seeing that, he, he tried to tell her not to go. So that is a That's side amazing. piece, side, side insurrectionist. Yeah. Right? Some other great puns. Infidel-ity. I like that one. Well done. Felon with benefits. Uh, proud boy toy. Um, sedition and chill. Or how about call a doctor if your insurrection lasts more than four hours? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I just can't. I'm glad you cracked yourself up on that and we had this moment. It makes me happy. Oh, just. <sighs> no wonder you didn't tell me about that. You wanted to keep it all for yourself, you selfish, selfish woman. <laughs> I mean, you know all those stories of oh, there's a side you see, but like, ooh, they went to a Dodgers game and they were on the jumbotron with the side piece, and they're like, oh, oh god, yeah, uh, oh, too funny. All right, now we're gonna get into the new into the listener submitted good news. I got I had a correction submitted to me about my discussions. I don't, I don't think I think it was Friday. I think it was Amy, somebody who wrote in who's a nuclear engineer. We were talking about positive and negative coefficients for reactivity, temperature coefficients, and I was like, it has to be positive. Remember that when you go to nuclear engineering school, it, it's actually it has to be negative. Uh, and I was so confident uh, because <laughs> it, that is the thing that makes re- the reactors blow up is when you have a positive. Co- Efficient for temperature for reactivity and uh yeah don't do that not that we're all building reactors we're just studying them but yeah if you if you watch the show chernobyl that's what basically happened there one of the the, one of the elements that lent to the massive explosion in the core was that there was a positive coefficient for reactivity which means when the reactions get too much when the reactor gets too hot if you have a negative coefficient for reactivity it automatically shuts itself down it's very nice if you have the positive reactive uh, uh positive coefficient it will shoot up exponentially like asymptotically and just fuck everything up fuck your whole world up i feel like you just described my ex-girlfriend's personality (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) a negative and so that's why shuts right down positive she blows everything up (laughs) that's why the positive thing confused me kind of like when your test results are positive and you don't want them to be but they're true but it sounds like good news. Hey, these are positive. <laughs> no, they're oh my not. God. Okay. All right. Shall I take the first one? Yeah. You now take we're the first moving one. into it. Here we go. This is from Karina. Pronouns she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. Longtime listener, Karina here. You ladies rock. I have loads of good news. I received my first vaccine dose Friday and took my writing partner for her second dose Saturday. Woo-hoo. My partner, also a Beans subscriber, and I have self-published episode one of an original graphic novel series, Dead Cops Detective Bureau, The Brothers Grimm. It's in like anything out there. Thanks, Oodles. And uh, there's a little note just to us, but it says we'll have a link to the Kindle edition in the links from listeners section of the newsletter. So if you're a patron, you want to you wanna get that newsletter early. This oh, I love delicious. this, too. I love these drawings. Oh, the art's fantastic. Oh, it's good. I love the flapper in the... Oh, and the gin. Oh, my God, this picture. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. What's happening? For from anonymous pronouns, they and them. Hey, Bean Crew, this past week has been pretty good for me. After years of inner conflict, I finally started coming out to my friends as non-binary, and I got my first shot of the Pfizer vaccine. Not the biggest thing, but I wanted to share what has been a week of progress for me after stagnating for far too long. Attached are pictures of Pepper and Termy. Okay, first of all, before we get to the animals, I want to say to this anonymous person, pronounce they, them, please do not ever minimize your progress in standing in your power and owning who you are. Coming out to people as non-binary isn't just a small thing. So please, please make sure that you celebrate these and, and you don't need to downplay them. We as a community celebrate them. So congratulations, 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 and congratulations on your first Pfizer shot. Mm. 
So great. And now these babies, look at the babies. Look at the ears. Aww. There's something going on with the baby's ears. Yes. Oh, but what a sweet honey boy. Oh, That's cuteness. a boy, definitely. The man. Oh, look at, and the other one makes up for the ears with, with the other. Oh, the, the other one's definitely getting satellite mm-hmm. radio with those. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is, those oh, are. the sweet face. I am obsessed with this. What kind of, is it a calico? The orange kitty? The orange tabby? Yes. Orange oh, it's a tabby. tabby. Oh my God. Yes. I'm in love with these eyes and this face. I know. <sighs> okay. He's so cute. Thank you for that. I bet he's got a good purr too. He looks like a sturdy purr. Rural juror. Sturdy purr. <laughs> oh goodness. I will never forget you, sturdy purr. <laughs> okay. Next up for Megan Prona. Oh, wait, it's your turn. No, it's my no, turn. No, I, it's I just turn. did that, didn't I? No. No. Nope, I read it. It's your oh, turn. Okay, that's right. I, I interjected. All right. Uh, this one's for Megan Pronoun, she and her. Hello, Beans Ladies. I'm fairly new to the pod, but already a big fan and daily listener. Love you. I thought I'd add to the misread lyrics section with the two following incidents. <laughs> My sister and I were kids. With New Rhythmics, Sweet Dreams came out and was all over the radio. We sincerely thought the words were, These dreams are made of cheese. Who had a mind to disagree? <laughs> there you hey. go. Dreams are made of cheese. That's right. I still giggle when I hear the song. And more recently, it wasn't until I got a car with a radio that shows artist title that I realized that poor Mrs. Carey was not being hush hushed. (laughs) 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 Mrs. Carey to be upset about on her behalf. Oh my god. Oh hush hush. Mrs. Carey. Keep it down now. Mrs. Oh my Carey. Oh, to Voices oh. Carey by Till Tuesday. Oh my God. I was shocked. <laughs> Keep up the great work. For Pod Pet Tax, I'm attaching a photo of me and my now nearly 16 year old Minpin Marley from the car and my sister's now 1.5 year old Great Dane Hank. Oh. That's such a good name for a Great Dane. Uh, when he was about four months old puppy uh, at the school. That's a Oh, oh, oh Hank. God, Hank. I'm in love with Hank, too. Oh, and then look at this little min pin. Hello. So, so cute. He's like, hey, snossages. This is adorable. These are so Goodness. great. Oh, next up from Lana, pronoun she and her. Hello from AZ. I was in kindergarten when I learned my last name was not Banana. Oh. <laughs> Lana Banana. My sweet Navy vet dad forever called me Lana Banana. On the first day of school, I was asked for my full name, and I proudly exclaimed, Lana Banana. And the yes. adults gently laughed. They kindly explained my real last name. All good. No trauma. <laughs> they were amazing teachers. To my mom's horror, they allowed me to wear my special Bob's Big Boy pendant on my dress for class pictures. That was when preschool consisted of naps, fun, playtime, coloring, and snacks. Not entry-level algebra. LOL. Thank you again for your humor, kindness, swears, and snark. Someday I'll write about my home swear jar that allowed us to travel to Disney World. All expenses <laughs> paid by the swears. <laughs> Love and light to all. Oh, oh you went to Disney God. World with your swear jar, Lana. That's fucking amazing. Fuck now, yeah, Mickey. I remember being uh, in f- kindergarten, and I came home <laughs> with a sign around my neck that says, I know my address. <laughs> I was supposed to be very proud of that. Oh, my goodness. I still know it. It's don't go bother them. They're Please not, do I'm not, not bother there. the people who live there now. Yes. <laughs> Looking for AG's old bedroom. <laughs> we should probably Excuse me, can bleep. we see your bedrooms? There was a little notching of some heights. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Here we go. This is from Kimberly Pronoun She and Her. I have a confession. We are those nutty neighbors. We live in the suburbs of Atlanta, and we had English ivy and kutsu all over our backyard that was taking down our fence and trees. Now, landscapers wanted $3,000 to clear it out. Instead, we rent, we rented goats. <laughs> <laughs> and I know all the listeners Fake. just were not expecting that left turn. So Thank you for I, calling Bob's Goat Rental. This is Bob. Yep. I'm not going to help you. Uh, this is Bob. Okay, to be specific... <laughs> Come on, I can't believe you let that I can't believe you let that go. Okay. To be specific, we we rented fifteen goats, three sheep, and a donkey. Must be said in Strick's voice. We rented uh three goats, uh fifteen goats, three sheep, and a donkey. Okay. 
I loved them. They were so sweet and amazing. And now I'm trying to figure out how I can get around my HOA so I can have a pet goat and a donkey. I mean, we have an acre. It should be right. Included are pictures of said menagerie, including a day old baby goat that my son and I had got to hold while we were settling the rest of the animals. You will also see our rescue standard poodle jacks, dumbest smart dog ever, trying to figure out what fresh hell is going on in his backyard, where he typically only contends with deer teasing him. In other good news, my father and husband and I are fully vaccinated. Waiting for my son to turn 16 so he can get the vaccinated, so he can also get vaccinated. Life has begun to look more normal as we were in a very hard <laughs> lockdown because of my normal dad's as it stop. can be for having. I know <laughs> there's a fucking menagerie in her backyard, and she's like, "Life's beginning to look more normal." Um, <laughs> in a very like hard lockdown. Okay, I feel like we're about to get some bad news, so pull yourself together, okay. Allison. <clears throat> Life has begun to look more normal as we were in a very hard lockdown. Damn it. A very hard lockdown because my dad, who lives with us, is very vulnerable. So very happy to begin to see friends responsibly again, as I have been around far too many fart. Never mind. I was wrong. Far too many farts and testosterone for these last 12 months. (laughs) Love you, ladies. As many before me have said, you have kept me sane. Thank you for all you do. (laughs) Look at these Oh, my God. Look at the baby donkey. The dog's all, hey, what in the hell? Oh, look at the baby goat. (gasps) Oh. Look at the menagerie of animals in the last picture. (laughs) (laughs) And the cooler. There's a sheep like looking at you. You see the sheep with the black head? Just right on. Just just straight on. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, if you zoom in on that picture, it's hilarious. The sheep's like, like those hat on. He's like, do you believe this shit? (laughs) Look what I have to do. Bullshit. Oh, my God. These goats, amazing. Uh, Thank you, Kimberly. That was incredible. And thanks to everybody for your submissions. The whole thing was fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) This was great. What a wonderful uh, Tuesday good news segment. Appreciate everything. Send send us your stuff. You can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Um, Anything before we get out of here, Dana? No, that was awesome. Thank you for just another great episode. And all you out there, I hope you were laughing with us. My goodness. It was fun. Everybody, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder and Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh my God, A-G-I. So I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the, has anybody seen a dog dyed dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with <laughs> appliques on it. We were like, what? Like, Keith Lorraine, <laughs> like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from they might be giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although, were they talk? What, was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my god! Uh, the best I, can I, lo- get I love them. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, "Birdhouse in Your Soul," which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. 
Yeah, it's a little bird from house the point of soul. view. Uh, sung from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.